everyone, and welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, uh, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, of course, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all of the people at the table. Uh, I am Dungeon Master Chris. And I am Dungeon Master Mitch. Woo -woo. And we are excited to have you here with us again today. We're going to be talking about a few different things uh, pertaining to neutrality. We're going to explain what neutrality is, um, some problems that can come with neutrality, and some misunderstandings with characters and how they are to play neutrality and how we go about discussing those with those players. So, uh, with that in mind, we're going to jump into the first part of our, our episode, and that is story time. So story time, we got a lot to talk about in story time today, um, just various different things that happened in both of our campaigns, and so Mitch, I think I'm going to let you start out and uh, tell us a little bit about what happened in your campaign last time. Um, so since last time we had an episode, we have had two times that we've played. Um, you were there for the first one, and then yep. you, uh, you were gone um, out of state for the second, but uh, so we, our characters have been on this hunt for this... Uh, um, this abnormally large and scary um, black feathered griffin, um, and so it, 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 the griffin had killed one of um, one of our characters' family members, and so he's been like, "We gotta go find this thing. We gotta kill it." Um, and so you guys have traveled across um, these this huge um, field to um, these mountains. You've uh, and you finally come into contact with not griffins on a mountain, but you find some knolls, um, and eventually you you're traveling down this like trying to get into this knoll cave. You set off basically all the alarms that you guys could have set off. Yep, pretty much just did not go well. Yep, um, and then you guys see a a knoll with black fur, and he's got kind of this yellowish. Beard-ish, kind of like right where a beard would be for a knoll. Well, he was he was fur. bigger than most normal. He was, gnolls, he was wasn't bigger it? than most no, normal knolls, which is pretty stinking big. And so you guys, you guys just did not make that, that good of decisions, which I think you are <laughs> you are very apt to agree with. Yeah. Um, and so you hid outside the cave, and eventually all the knolls came out because they knew you were there, even though you were hiding. And you saw the large. Um, Blackford Knoll transform into a black griffin. And one of our friends decided, even though I gave him the, before you do anything, this happens, um, he decided, well, <laughs> my character's gonna shoot him. Yeah, because well, <laughs> he started running at him, like he was yeah. like, he sees me, crap, like what am I supposed to do? And, I, and I, I interjected before he shot, and I was like, and you see him transform into a griffin and fly over your head. You still want to shoot him? Kind of giving the DM like, "Are you sure you want yeah. to do that?" And everybody at the table understood that that was a DM. Are you sure? Yeah, moment? yeah. And he decided, "Yup." Yeah. <laughs> Shot the Griffin. We ended the first night there. You guys all left like we're gonna die because as much as as much as you separate player knowledge and character knowledge, um, player knowledge wise, like everybody at the table's like, uh, 
A griffin alone at the point where we're at is a difficult challenge. Yeah. This griffin now has eight gnolls behind yep. it. It's not a real griffin. It's a it's a it's a knoll that his that his god has blessed him with this power yeah, it can to shape shift into a griffin. Um, however, you guys were pretty much player wise and character wise like that was not a good decision. Yeah. And we so, all left like, ah, crap, our characters are all going to die next time we and play. And so, conveniently, you're, you weren't there the next time, and conveniently, your character um, was hidden. He was hidden before I left, and yeah. And just, like, we hit, we just, I will not, one of my things as a DM is I will not kill a character if the player's not there. It's, yeah. I don't think it's fair. Um, and with a consistent, with a group of people who are consistent, it's not an issue if somebody misses every now and then. Um, so, like, your character just stayed hidden, um, because he knew it was a bad situation, um, the character who left the shop basically got the whole group in trouble, right. and, like, put them in danger. One of our characters was unconscious, yeah. um, because he had already been hurt, and basically the, the griffin went after this one character that shot him, took him down, he, he quote-unquote died, however, we do have a, a system where you get a another chance at living and he was able to take it so he he was barely alive yeah um when they when they found him but they all got captured their their donkeys which were carrying their stuff got killed and eaten Absolutely. by the griffins and they were stuck in a in prison cells in the Knoll's cave completely dark didn't know where they were um <laughs> so this was this was a situation that for me um I think if the longer you DM, you're going to find yourself in a situation where the, the players are going to put themselves in a situation where, logically, they should probably just all be killed right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, in the past, we've had those moments, and we've just we've gone, all right, well, you pray to a god, and the god helps you guys out. And the problem with that mentality is your players get into this sense of, I can do whatever I want. The with DM's no consequences, bail, yeah. yeah. The DM will bail me out. Like, And let's be honest, does any, and hopefully the answer is no, unfortunately the answer is yes, but yeah. this, that's a whole other issue. Does any DM want the whole entire party to die? No. They shouldn't, because that ends the story. Yeah. That ends the fun. Like, it shouldn't be what the DM's going for. Unfortunately, like, character, I think characters should die, um, yep. because it... it Makes fear very real, and um, and we're, we're this is this is a story time. We're talking about rules and and and, and yeah. lo- like what we think about D and D, but that's all right. Um, and so we um, so anyway, the the party should have died. However, these these gnolls did have some prisoners already, even before you guys had decided this. So I was like, all right, maybe they take some prisoners in, and so you guys get taken as prisoners. Um, you guys were about to be sacrificed. One of the prisoners was an elf who was not very talkative, and he was part of an order um, of elves that um, worshipped Corellon. Uh, um, I believe I'm saying that right. And so they came, and they basically slaughtered all the gnolls, and you guys were able to be set free. Um, so it all worked out in the end. Thanks to the DM. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I what I felt but they like they didn't get that. They didn't get. There was consequences. The consequences should be real. Like, oh yeah. They did not get the experience. Yeah. They. It was a. There were eight gnolls and a griffin that night, 
And the only thing that they ended up killing that night was one hyena on the way down the mountain. <laughs> so experience-wise, they did not benefit. Yeah. There was also loot. However, since the elves had won against the gnolls, they took they weren't gonna basically get any all the loot, yeah. leaving one pretty sweet suit of armor that ended up being cursed. Oh, yeah, yeah you told me <laughs> so, about that. Um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. It was, uh... Yeah, how did that all go? Explain that a second with that the armor. cursed armor? Yeah. It was... Full plate armor, and so it was black, it was, completely black, it was right? Black. Um, one of the characters was like, oh, it kind of looks like ebony, I think. And so one of the characters put it on, and it it's a um, it's armor of arrow attraction, which um, I I will tell I will and one of the char- the character that took it got it removed and is keeping it um, now. I will tell you as as a as my fellow host here because I know you won't take this into game, but right. that's a sweet item to have. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty expensive. I'm sure it's it is. cursed. You don't want to wear it. Yeah, it's gonna the the archer in our group's gonna hate it because as long as this character's with them, arrows are just gonna fly towards it. Yeah. However, it's a pretty you could there's like ingenious ways you could use that against your enemies if they're archers. And you could probably sell it to the right person yeah. for a pretty penny. Well, one of the guys was like, man, I really like this armor. I want to get it disenchanted. And I was just like, we were having this conversation out of game because I wasn't there. But I was just like, that seems really dumb to get something <laughs> like that disenchanted. Like, you could use that for a lot of sweet things. Well, it, like, it's funny because um, I I want it to stay that way, that that's what their mentality is. Because I, I hate it when people go and... Items come into the campaign, creatures come into the campaign, and I, I can't stand it when players go and research those things so the next time they come to the table, they know all the stats on them. It yeah. ruins story. And But it's funny because they're going, oh, we should disenchant it, and then I'll have full plate. You could sell this to the right person and buy three things of full plate. Yeah. Four yeah. things, possibly. Yeah. So it is It is funny that... And you could even have them paint it black, I'm sure, and it would cost <laughs> you just as much. Yeah. It would look exactly the same, so, just without yeah. disenchanting it. And so it. to go and pay money to disenchant it, yeah. <laughs> and then just take it, would be so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But it's funny to me because the, that that particular player is definitely not thinking along the lines of benefits of having this kind of armor. Yeah. Um, this is, although it's a cursed item, the most powerful and expensive thing you have gotten to date in this campaign. Oh. But anyway, yeah, so yeah that makes sense. That's kind of what that's kind of what happened in my campaign. Good, good fun. Um, DM's got a really roll with the punches kind of situation. Yeah. What about your campaign? Uh, we did my campaign last night actually, and it was a ton of fun. Um, yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think one of the first things that happened we so last time we defeated this this uh, this woman. You guys kind of figured out you thought might be a dragon or a kobold or something like that. Um, and so you uh, decide, you being a jerk sometimes, Mitch, you decided, hey, let's split the party. Let's do something fun. And I was like, I hate you. Because we've had these discussions where it's like, man, that makes for a really interesting night if you split the party. And so we had like this teleportation cistern that you figured out is how the kobolds were getting all over the country. Um, and you found these vials of dirt. And you figured out, hey, if I throw some dirt into this pool, I can teleport wherever that dirt came from. 
And so one of the funny parts of the night was Twitch, the little bushy-tailed ADHD squirrel. He's like, really? You can do that? He picks up some dirt from, like, right next to you guys, runs up to the pool, throws it in, jumps in, and, like, a millisecond later you hear, there's this huge lightning, and he appears right behind you guys (laughs) in the same exact spot. And so um, you guys are like, well, we'll split up. You wanted to go tell the king what you found because he was sending you back to Riverrun to, you know, help out there. And so you were like, no, the king needs to know about that this is going on. And, uh, oh, and Dale explained that he was also a dragon as well. So you kind of got a whole bunch an of NPC lore. Yeah, an NPC that was helping the group. Mm-hmm. You find out a whole bunch of lore about the dragon wars from about 500 years ago. And, um, and so you kind of get a feel for, like, what's really going on here. Um, and so he explains to you that there's a couple of countries that he thinks are, are taken over by dragons, um, by them becoming right-hand men or women or advisors to the kings of those countries, and so he gave you a list of, what, seven countries, I think? Something like that. Seven, yep. Um, that you guys now have to figure out how to uh, gain back control of uh, for the people. And uh, so at the end of the night, or like halfway through the night, you guys decided to split the party at this point in time. You went, jumped, in the, jumped in the pool and along with, um, with Martin, the, the ranger that's with us. You guys went to Florosa, the main capital city. And uh, Ernie, because I don't know how to pronounce his ridiculously long name, <laughs> and uh, Twitch went back to Riveran, where you guys are from, because Ernie's father was in prison, and so he, you, they got him out, sent him home, they went back, jumped in the same teleportation cistern, back to Florosa. Um, but when you guys went through the first time, you got arrested, um, and you saw the right-hand man of the king whisper something in his ear, you see the demeanor of the king change, and he has you guys arrested and thrown in prison. The other two come through, same thing happens. You guys all end up in the same prison cell together. Um, and I had an idea of how you guys could get out, but I was like, it's one of those things where it's like, I want you guys to figure it out at the same time, see if you can come up with something different. So do you kind of want to explain what you guys did in the prison? Do you, you kind of remember what you guys did to get out? I'm a I'm an arcane deck channeler, which means that I'm a wizard type character but my magic comes from cards that I make and so I was able to sneak my cards into the prison but my hands were up in the air shackled and I could not reach them yep. so when when two of my other friends got brought into the prison I uh, one of my friends used the, um, the whisper spell on me and we decided we had a because I didn't trust that there weren't listening ears everywhere and so I, I had a conversation with him. Can you, do you have a way to lift my cards out of my pocket and get them in my hand? Because he's a sorcerer. He had, yeah. He had mage hand. Perfect. Yeah. Gets it in my hand, and I, my thing is I don't know what cards I'm going to, yeah, like what, what spells I'm going to get. It's completely random, whatever I draw. So I'm hoping for either my charm person card or my summon animal, and I draw a summon animal. And so... I, I'm like, all right, and I, I whispering to my friend, I'm like, can you summon animals? Like, oh, yes, I can. So I summon a snake um, that looks like it's going to attack one of my buddies, uh, the squirrel guy, and he yeah. starts freaking out. Guards come in. Uh, my other friend summons a snake behind them, and we basically are like, all right, let's <laughs> let's hope this. We got to get these guards. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so oh, it was not a. It wasn't It pretty. did not go down the way we wanted it to. However, it did go down and it did work. 
basically, I kept on randomly drawing days cards. Um, days well, you spells. drew you drew a sleep spell for one of the guys. I drew a right? sleep spell, put him to sleep. The other guy was not going down. He's running away. We're like trying to trip him with the like snakes and like bite him and stop him from getting out. I right before he got away, I was able to hit him with a day spell. I was like, yes, I pulled the day spell. Um, the, he, the snakes bit him at for, this point. Yeah, days only, yeah, he got bit. We're like, all right, we got to see if we can take him down. We can, his days only is going to work for one round. Yeah. Um, got got done with that round. He's undazed. I pull another day spell. Yep. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Yeah. Like, I pulled another day spell. It's the spell. one time where you were like, come on. Yeah. I Thank have, goodness I've I drew I've been so days. mad at pulling day spells because I'm like, oh, whatever. I daze a dude <laughs> for one round. Like, I waste a round and he wastes a round. Yeah. Good trade off. Yep. Um, but now it's like, yes, I pulled a day spell. And eventually, um, we were able, I pulled um, my new spell, Flaming Spear, and. I couldn't see the guy, so I said... Caleb, Caleb... Uh, there was a pillar in the way. There was a pillar in the way, and there was fog in the room. I yelled to my fog. buddy, guide me, and I dropped that flaming spear, and I was able to find him, and unfortunately, this guy's he's not... Pretty... Too, he's He lived. We don't know that, but he's not doing well. He's burnt. He suffered some pretty bad poison damage. And he, you guys shackled him to a... To the wall yeah. when he's in such weak condition, so you don't know if he like died of suffocation so we, or something. End of end of that was two guards on the ground. We were able to mage hand their keys, get out. Two of our characters fit into the armor. We pretended to be prisoners being transported to another um, country. It worked. <laughs> yeah, you met it a really just, good friend of yours. On it the way was out. a prison break that was ridiculous yeah. and. We were almost put in worse situation, but it it just made you it. You barely made it out. We, bar- we barely made it, and we there was a checkpoint, and we were not on the list of checkpoints. Of so pris- yeah, I was like, course. I had like two seconds to figure out something, and I was one of the fake prisoners chained up. So I whispered to my friend in a guard suit, like, "Give me my cards now!" <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, "Come on, luckable tomorrow!" And I pulled a charm spell. I charmed the the guard. He was just calling another guard, and I just whispered to him, "You don't need that other guard." And he's like, "Never mind, I don't need." Never mind, you. they're on the list. Like, I don't need them. And and I told him to run down to the other checkpoints, make sure they knew there was a change in plan, and they were. <laughs> and coming. he was like, "Thank super... goodness, it worked for three hours." And yeah, he was like, he was like super giddy. He was like, "Yeah, see you, best friend." I will totally. <laughs> and I made, I was I stopped him before he went. He's like, "Listen." Please don't tell them. Yeah, he like started. He started running away. He started like running away down the hill. He needed to keep this secret, buddy. (laughs) He's like, all right. I was like, I know how DM's mind works. If there's a way you could screw us over, you will. Oh yeah. So I was. I need to make sure. Um, But it worked out well. We we got out of the country. (laughs) Yeah. He uh, like as you guys. So in this city, there's like three checkpoints you have to go through on the way out, and you guys got through the second one, and then you were like, hey, need to get to the third one, and you're like, go tell this guy we're gonna buy a carriage and stuff like that. So he's like booking it. He's just giddy as all get out, running down the hill to go tell these guards, like, "Hey, let my friends through," you know, like let the let the guards through. They're taking a prisoner back to Northland, and uh, he like runs back because you told him like, <laughs> what stable you were going to. So he like runs back and he like pops his hand. He's like, "You guys are all set. Have a good day." And then runs back up to his post, which is like three miles away at this point. He's that, like booking it. I'm. It's it was just a lucky night because that was one of the spells I was trying to pull with the guards and I didn't get it and I was upset. Yeah. Little did I know I would need it that bad later on. <laughs> yeah. You guys were lucky to... Because you, you ran into... 
two sets of guards. One there was right outside the door that you had to talk to, and they were just like, fine, you got to make it, like, where you had to, like, come up with some place that you were, sta- like, where you stabled your carriage to take them out. And I was like, you guys have been here before. You stayed at the Silver Hoof carriage uh, stable. Like, that's where you dropped your stuff off. And so, like, Martin, one of our guys, had to, like, lie to, like, get there. And he was just, like, freaking out. And there was, there was a Diabolus in one of the outfits, too. And thank goodness he was from a different country because he would never pass in Northland, which is mostly humans, as a guard. And uh, so you guys, you guys, like, barely made it out of that city. And, like, you guys, at the end of that, you had a decision to make. You came to a fork in the road, which led you to City South, to River Ann, where you were from, where your homeland is. Or to Northland, where you said you were going. Um, and so you guys chose to go to City South, because you were like, we can't go back home, because they're going to figure out, they know that's where, where we're from. We can't go to Northland, because that's where we said we were going. So we have to get out of the country. And so you guys eventually fled the country um, to go where Dale said he was going, because Dale left you guys at this point in time. He's like, i got to go talk to one of my brothers, because you know he's a dragon. He's going to talk to one of his, his brothers, who also is a dragon. And so you guys are like, well, we're just going to go there because we know that's where Dale is. You guys have no idea where Dale is in there. You just know he's somewhere in that country. And it's a huge country. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how you guys figure out uh, where Dale is. Because dragons don't widely publicize who they are after the Dragon Wars. So it'll be interesting. You guys just needed to get out of the country at that point in time, I think. So that's why you guys left. Yes. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was a, it was definitely a good night uh, for for my campaign. I, I loved it. So, do you have anything else you want to share about story no, time? No, that was a good long story time. That was a Let's good long story time. Alright, time for the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? The flat meat back on the menu, boys! <laughs> <laughs> So today on the meet, we're going to be talking about um, alignment, specifically the neutral alignment. Um, so the axis between uh, lawful uh, neutral, true neutral, and chaotic neutral. Um, specifically, our uh, the title, if we were going to give this a title, is uh, the problem with alignment because we're going to be giving a, our our own personal. Dungeon Master opinion on problems that we've dealt with and the problems that we see with the neutral alignment. Yep. Um, now, this is a difficult thing to talk about um, as we sat here 10 minutes just discussing on how do we even talk about this because alignment is a difficult thing to talk about in general. Um, lots of people have lots of different opinions on yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's a, I think that speaks to part of the problem with alignment. And there's, there's this group of like role players that hate the alignment system because they think that it's it's not a realistic thing to um, to put people into a box and add them into a, a category into alignment and I and I totally understand what people are saying with that. I myself have played characters where I haven't put down their alignment because I just wanna I just wanna play a character, not an alignment. I don't wanna have I I can't stand it when people go, what did you just do? That's not that's not right with your alignment. I hate that. Yeah. However, there is there is to a degree a realistic perspective on alignments and choosing an alignment to help you play a character. Um, and some people, I think, need that alignment 
putting them in their characters <laughs> into a box more than others because uh, they'll get problems in other senses if they don't have an alignment. They will be alignment X, which will be no alignment. Which is um, either all, no alignments or all alignments. Or, or all alignments, yeah. <laughs> and I can um, choose on a whim what I want to do. So uh, let's, let's start off um, this discussion on uh, neutrality by just talking a little bit about um, some things that maybe we've read, some examples that maybe we can give to give an idea of what exactly... Um, according to the people out there, according to the D&D books, what exactly is neutrality? Now we have, of course, the spectrum between lawful, true, and chaotic good. Everybody's um, favorite, chaotic and, neutral. Yeah, chaotic, yeah, chaotic neutral. I, didn't, I said chaotic good. Blech. Anyway, but yeah, we have all that, we have that spectrum of different um, neutralities. So let's talk about maybe, let's start off with some examples of characters that um, would be famous examples of those alignments. So I think, Chris, you have some examples here. Yeah. What about lawful neutral? What are some e- examples of lawful neutral characters? Uh, let's see, what did one guy write down? He wrote Judge Dredd. Now, I don't know much about Judge Dredd. You I, said, uh, yeah, did you say ju- he was? I said that Judge Dredd was a pretty good example. The, the police... Man from the dystopian future that just takes down bad guys, just all about the law. That's, yeah. a, that's a pretty good example of lawful neutral. Sergeant speech. Friday was another one from uh, Dragnet. Percy Weasley from Harry Potter and Cornelius Fudge from Harry Potter. So all the Harry Potter fans out there, we got a, we got a couple of them for you. I've got I've got another one here that I'm looking at. It says James Bond. I don't really agree with that. I don't really know James Bond that I much. I can see that. Yeah, but I don't I don't really. I don't know. The, the stuff that I know about James Bond, I feel like, isn't he a good character? Yeah, I don't he, know. Yeah. That's, I don't know. And here, here's part of the problem. Yeah. It, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like mixes of, like he does some things that are not exactly good yeah. to get the job done. Yeah, but, but I would say he agrees with the whole, but, law, like everything needs to have a law to do it. But here's the problem. If he's doing things that isn't exactly good, I mean, I don't know, isn't that, at points, isn't that kind of chaotic good too? Like... I don't know. Here, let's 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 okay. Let's sure. talk about let's talk about this lawful neutral um, alignment to start off with. Since we've given a couple of examples, um, what exactly is lawful neutral? So, the lawful neutral person, uh, what we've kind of decided and collaborated on is, is a lawful neutral person is somebody who sees laws, whether good or bad, as somebody who. Uh, they want to enforce that law. They see as long as it brings harmony to the group and to the world, they're going to enforce it, whether it be good or bad, as long as that's what they were told to do. Um, and so one of the examples we had was Judge Dredd. And Mitch, you know more about uh, Judge Dredd, also known as Joseph Dredd, because I was just reading. Uh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> yeah, ooh. I yeah, know. no, he's he's like the epitome, the extreme example of lawful neutral, because he's just all about... Um, the law, he cares nothing about the good or evil side of it, it's just whoever he's supposed to take down, um, whoever he's supposed to arrest, that's what he's going to do. He's going to follow the law and his orders. Um, they even went so far, I was reading here, it says, the lawgiver pistol, uh, programmed to recognize only his palm print and capable of six types of different animation, which is sweet. A pretty cool. Uh, weapon, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so law, lawful neutral characters, there are a couple things that they're just focused on is like that order that you were talking about honor um rules tradition um 
structure. Like that's that's what is important to them. A society um, without structure to them is not society. Did you say loyal? Loyal would be a good word for that too. I I don't think I did, but yeah, that's loyal, loyal loyalty. Yeah, if a loyal, a lawful, neutral character would be a a good loyal person in this. <laughs> I feel like it'd almost be like OCD too. Like they're almost like oh, what was the word I was just looking at? Uh, rigid and neat. Yeah, you know who else I just thought was a, is a really good example of it um, is a uh, and maybe I'm getting like maybe this is way too girly or whatever, but Les Mis, like, Jean Valjean, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. oh, such a good, yeah. good example of lawful yeah. neutral, like, he's all about the law, that is his life, I mean, I think he sings that in his song, yeah. uh, Russell Crowe. Maybe, maybe Les Mis, The Miserables, <laughs> maybe that was written after the alignment system. <laughs> of law, Because there's a whole bunch of different people within there, like... <laughs> There's totally the miserable like miserable <laughs> alignments of neutrality. Uh, no, but like lawful, I think lawful neutral when we're when we're talking about like campaigns and such, like a lot of town guards would probably fall into yeah. that. There's there'd be lawful good, there'd be lawful neutral. There's probably a couple lawful evil jerky guards that beat up prisoners in jail. Like, yeah, you know, but definitely. But like, I think a lot of them would fall into that lawful neutral. They were given a job to do, and yep. they have to enforce those jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe maybe even higher ups like sheriffs. Like, um, but yeah, that's that's lawful neutral in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, just strictly neutral, or um, as some people call it, true neutral. You have uh, some some examples of that. Yeah, I do. Um, some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the examples of uh, true neutral would be um, the Watchers from the Marvel comics. That was oh, one that they gosh. have listed here. That's that's perfect. Yeah. Do you know who the Watchers are? Sort of, not really. They're though. these weird alien races. Races. They're this weird alien race that like they look like um, bald guys wearing capes, and their heads are huge, and they just show up to like. Whenever they show up, you know, like, anybody who, like, Spider-Man will be there and, like, a watcher will show up. And Spider-Man's like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> he knows, like, like any character any any character who knows what's what knows if a watcher shows up, that something big is about to go down. Right. Because they're just, go, they're just there to watch. Um, there's a famous, um, a famous watcher, uh, I, I think I remember his name, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to butcher it and... Uh, do my fellow Marvel fans uh, dishonor, but um, that like breaks his lawful, uh, his true neutral uh, code, and he helps out some of the famous Marvel heroes, and he becomes like exile because they are they are true neutral to yeah. a T. And we'll talk about more what true neutral is, but yeah. so the Watcher, perfect example. Yeah, there was a uh, Tom Bombadil was another one. He's mm. one of my favorites from Lord of the Rings. Uh, and Horace Slughorn from Horace Slughorn. Uh, Harry Potter was another one. Treebeard. 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 Before he... Before he saw his friends get chopped before, down. Yeah, maybe. before he uh, decides to go to war. Yeah. Great example. Yep. Yep. Um, maybe Boba Fett from Star Wars. Um, he, in the expanded universe, which is not canonical Ooh, anymore, yeah. but in the expanded thanks universe... Disney. He, yeah, thanks, <laughs> Disney. Um, he, he definitely leaves and goes into different alignments, but... Um, in, well, I mean, he's a he's a bounty hunter too. I mean, it's yeah. not like I mean, it's not maybe, like maybe he looked like he was sided with the bad. Neutral, yeah, he looked like he was sided with the bad guys yeah. most of the time. True, but. true neutral. Yeah, I, 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 
I reg- I regret that I said he's true neutral. He's canon. Yeah, so we're yeah. gonna talk about him well, right then, later. <laughs> I love the I love the example of Tom Bombadil too because it says that uh, in the book there's the the part where Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin go there and he finds out about the ring and it has like no power over him. It's like yeah. that's true neutrality right there. <laughs> this the most evil thing in the world. Like you see like Boromir and all these guys like just be affected by it like crazy. And Tom Bombadil's like, eh, whatever, <laughs> cool. So what what exactly is the alignment of neutral or true and neutral? Um, some things that I was looking up with true neutral, I found this awesome chart that kind of like helps with like what are each um, alignment really into. Um, and one of the things that uh, true neutral falls under is universalism. This idea of universalism, um, yep. total, there is... There is no good, there is no evil, um, and I, I think this is, um, this is part of the true neutral. When we talk about, like, the, like, the Treebeard character, like, Treebeard wouldn't say that there is no good, there is no evil. Like, he believes in good and evil. Yeah. He just, what does he say? He, he says, um, I am on, I, I do am, not concern myself with things of the, the, the human world or the outside world or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then I he says, exactly uh, side, I am on nobody's side. Yeah. Because nobody is on my yeah. side. And, like, yeah. that is, like, that's yeah. true neutral. It's not, like, in, when we think of true neutral in the D&D world, I think druids, like, old school druids come yeah. up um, all the time because it's, druids were all concerned about balance. The balance of good, the balance of evil, um... Good's gonna happen and evil's gonna balance it out, and yeah. vice versa. Evil's gonna yeah. happen and good's going to balance it out. Um, now, I feel I feel like this, and we'll talk about this later. But I feel like as you progress through the alignments, like lawful, lawful neutral, true neutral, and chaotic neutral, it's in my opinion as a dungeon master, it's getting worse as it goes along. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're gonna be a lawful neutral character. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have that big of a deal with it. Yeah. Like, if, if a player in my campaign, you're going to be a true neutral character, that can be a huge issue. You're going to be a chaotic neutral? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah. this. But, like, we'll talk about why that is more yeah. later. But. Well, one another thing that I read on, on true neutral, too, is, like, one guy even said he's, like, for example, the guy that would preach hell and brimstone, like, like a priest that would do hell and brimstone, like, follow my God, or this is going to happen, like a good guy... Um, would be just as just as offensive as even like an evil racist supremacist. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he would find them both just equally as uh, offensive that's to him good, in his that's eyes. Good, uh, you know, it's a good point. Yeah. So the next one that we have uh, is chaotic neutral. Um, chaotic neutral. I love the I love the characters for this one. One of them I don't necessarily know a whole lot about, um, but their Captain Jack Sparrow was an example. example. Um, Q from Star Trek. I don't know mm-hmm. much about Q. Um, Peeves the Poltergeist, uh, and Conan <laughs> that's, the Barbarian. That's the best one right there. Peeves, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure good. if I agree with the Conan one. I don't know much about I Conan. I don't know a lot about Conan, but the stuff I've seen on Conan, I feel like he's a chaotic good, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. I, forget Boba Fett, where? <laughs> forget I said anything about it before. <laughs> Boba Fett's chaotic neutral. He's totally Boba Fett chaotic is every neutral. neutral now, apparently. <laughs> but, yeah, like, there's uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Great example of chaotic neutral. I think he's chaotic neutral with chaotic good tendencies. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's why he's such a likable character, because you don't ever know what he's going to do. But, yeah, um, those are good examples. What exactly is, um, according to the D&D books according 
to what people online and other sources have to say, what exactly is a chaotic neutral character concerned with? So chaotic neutral, if I had to give it some characteristics, uh, I would say that they're, they're somebody that's mostly worried about their, their own well-being over the well-being of everyone else. They're not necessarily um, somebody that is going to have a lot of allegiance to anything. They just kind of want to see... Uh, disorder as their their main reason for existing like uh, with Peeves as the example he's always doing these just crazy things to to disrupt everybody's harmony and uh, I think for me um, that's probably one of my favorite uh, examples of chaotic neutral is is Peeves Um, I feel like Peeves could just be the alignment of chaotic forget the neutral part (laughs) well he's just chaotic yeah Peeves Um, means little devil, I think. <laughs> like pet peeve, that annoying little thing that never goes away. But yeah, they're um, chaotic neutral characters are focused um, very much on um, they do not like order, they do not like taking orders, um, they don't they're, they're all about uh, self-direction, self-stimulation. A lot of pleasure-seeking. Yeah, what is good for me and what to deci- I'm going to make my decisions based on what is good um, for me and my like the best outcomes for me. It's a very selfish, I think, a lot of the times. And like here's here's where we come into a problem that like I don't want like like there's there might be some listeners out there who go, I love CAG neutral. Like we're just we're reading it like we're saying it like we've read it. Like yeah. we're saying it like we've seen it. We've seen CAG neutral characters and a lot of times it ends up being very selfish. Um, I don't think that that necessarily has to be a bad thing, um, but I guess we can talk more about that as we continue to talk about yeah. the problems we have with alignments, the alignments of neutrality. I think one thing that keeps them from being um, evil, too, is a lot of times, like a lot of things that I read said that they don't kill. Uh, yeah. They just use a lot of intimidation in order for disorder to happen. I think that's what keeps them from, a lot of times you'll see people do more chaotic evil things when they're chaotic neutral, but they they don't necessarily do anything that's overly evil. Like they to the shouldn't. point where they yeah they shouldn't yeah. yeah to the point where they just like kill an innocent person in a city to get something that will please them. Like they would they would probably more uh, scare it out of the person or use non lethal yeah. damage in order to get what they want intimidation. Whereas a chaotic... Maybe maybe even beat a person up, but murder is... Yeah, murder like, is like... Once you start going, that's pretty I'm going to kill yeah. everybody to get what I want... You're not you're neutral not, anymore. You're not, you're not chaotic neutral then, you're chaotic yeah. evil. You're the hedonistic chaotic uh, evil going after what you want, and you will, you will kill anybody in your path. Yeah, one of the things that... They could be like insurgents or con men, like gamblers, uh, you know, a lot of different things like that where... They're not necessarily going to use like lethal force to get it out of you. Like conmen, they don't they smugglers, don't kill people. Yeah, smugglers, dealers. Yeah, they they just yeah. want to see the disorder happen. And we're giving yeah. all we're giving all like typically bad examples because there there can be good examples of this. Like you know there can be like revolutionaries and yeah. stuff like that yeah. that can be chaotic neutral. Like yeah, um, but yeah, those are kind of. Um, what we've read, what we've seen, our little quick look at each individual neutral aspect. And um, so now let's shift our focus um, and let's talk about what we really came here to talk about today. 
Uh, let's talk about um, the problems with neutrality. What are the problems that we see with neutrality? Um, and so, first off, um, last time, um, and I think maybe even the time before, what we talked about, one of the things we talked about was um, when you're DMing, you need to decide, do you want to have a good um, or an evil or even a neutral aligned campaign? Now, one of the things we said was we would suggest good or evil, like... Neutrality, everybody's going to be scatterbrained yeah. looking out for themselves. <laughs> scatterbrained. Crazy. So let's, let's go with, let's just pass on that argument and just go right to um, you have a good or you have an evil campaign. What is the problem with having a neutral character, a neutral PC in a good or an evil campaign? Well, they're going to differ potentially from time to time from what the total group is going to want to do. Like, for example, right now, my character that I, I have is... I think he's a... Do you remember what he is? He's a, he's a neutral of some sort. I don't remember what I he was. he was a cat of good, no? I don't remember. I think he's a neutral of some sort, if I remember right. But he's he's kind of at that point where he's like, I don't know if I should stick with this group anymore. I mean, it's for the most part, our, our group is good. Um, but after what we just recently did, he was kind of at the point where he's like... Your character's totally yeah, good. From the way you've been playing him, and okay. I totally remember totally talking about him. Ah, I should probably just switch the alignment then. But, for example, like if, if you were in a good campaign and you were you were doing all these good things and it didn't benefit you anymore as a neutral player to do the good things, like you have no reason to stick with a group. And that's the same for evil, too. Like If you're doing a whole well, bunch of... And, and why would a good group keep a neutral character that's going to do things that they don't agree with. Like, it's the same thing. Like, why would your group keep you, and why would you stay in a group? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, same it's, thing like it's, you're saying with evil. Like, Yeah, there's there's not a lot of reason for a group to keep somebody who's neutral, who's just going to always disagree or do things that are going to hinder the group. And the same for evil, too. Somebody who's going to do something that may be a little bit more good or not see the... and not be able to justify something evil that's happening. It's, it's going to put a hindrance on the group, it can, um, if not kept in check, it can it can hinder your campaign quite a bit um, and, from getting to where you want to go. And for the DM sake, um, which you know, that's that's what we're focusing on here. Like if you're if you're DMing a campaign, you you have this idea of a good campaign, an evil campaign, whatever it is that you have, and you will allow characters to choose different alignments, um, you need to the ratio needs to be correct in order for you to uh, be able to go where you want in your campaign. Um, if you have a good campaign and you have one character who's good and the rest are neutral or evil or whatever, um, you got to be prepared that they're not going to do the things that you wanted to happen in your campaign. They're going to go a completely different way, and if that's what you want to happen, cool. I don't under like I wouldn't then you're not really playing a good campaign, but yeah. there needs to be, like, our, my campaign right now is a good aligned campaign. Yep. Um, half the characters are good, half the characters are neutral. Um, that makes sense why I was a good character. Yeah, and this, and it didn't, <laughs> it wasn't exactly my favorite thing allowing everybody to choose their alignments, however, I decided to um, let you guys choose your alignments and um, be able to be neutral characters, but... Um, we have we have seen issue with it. There's definitely um, been times where the neutral characters have but extremely butted heads with good characters. Um, 
one example was there was stolen goods found and the good characters, um, you being included, um, right. just um, wanted to turn around and sell, like, not sell it, they, they wanted to turn around and find the people who... At least try and find the people Try and find the people who these to. goods were stolen from. The neutral characters, one of the neutral characters, the chaotic neutral character in the group, said, uh, let's keep it, um, let's sell it. Um, that was their initial reaction, and it kind of made your guys' heads turn and be like, what? Like, they're stolen goods. We're not going to keep it. We're going to try and find Somebody's them. Somebody's probably yeah. looking for them. We're, we're not, we're not evildoers. We're good people. We're going to yeah. try and sell it. So there was, like, that road bump that caused an argument, and... Like, that's what you're going to have to expect if you do allow those things in your evil or good campaigns. Well, like, I could have seen, like, if if everybody was good, at least searching for it, and then even even after we didn't find somebody, like, selling it and giving the money away to, like, the families who would get, or some, something like that in a completely good campaign. At least in the neutral, like, you would think, for the most part, they would have at least tried to find who it belonged to. And then, if it, you know, neutral characters trying to benefit themselves for the most part, I mean, would have been like, okay, well, we at least we tried. Now we can sell them and, and take what is ours to help us out, you know? So, um, yeah, so there's definitely this problem of... It, it can create a problem. It yeah. can create problems in a good or neutral, or a good or evil line campaign with this going against, against the grain kind of aspect or this um, just not... Not exactly fitting in with the campaign. Um, I think... Now, I do think that it can be a great thing. Um, we talked about different people that um, fit the roles of the alignments. And one person that I didn't say was um, Chaotic Neutral. Han Solo. Like, perfect. When you first meet Han, he is definitely Chaotic Neutral. Mm-hmm. However, within the first movie... He moves very much from that chaotic neutral to a chaotic good type of character. There's definitely um, character development there. Yeah, and I think that if you want to play, if a if a player in your campaign wants to play a neutral character with the idea that they want to move towards a specific alignment and like have this character development, which every campaign and every character in the campaign should have character development. Um, that should happen. That's the best mm-hmm. way to play your characters. But like, that's that's a good example. Like, there, I would love for somebody to play a chaotic neutral or whatever neutral kind of character um, to go through this process, this journey of becoming a good or an evil character, depending on what the campaign <clears throat> ordained. I think that would. Um, awesome. Well, there would probably be situations that would sway somebody one side or the other. I mean, if you're completely screwed over in a situation, you may start to go down that, like, I hate everything. I hate everyone. I hate the government. So, like, I'm going to turn into an evil character. Or, for example, like, what I was thinking, I don't know if it's so much character development, but you have, to go back to Treebeard, you have that moment where it's like, something happened in his life where he couldn't be just strictly neutral anymore. He had to make a decision. He reached and then, a point that he had to decide. Right, right. Same with, same with Han Solo, too. He reached that point where it was like, I can't watch the whole universe be destroyed by, you know, the Empire. I have to do something about this. Well, I, think you know? that's, I think that's one of the problems that I personally have with the neutral alignment is, in my opinion, it's like, oh, come on, pick a side. Like, yeah. why, like, 
I've I've had players in my campaign play a true neutral character, and we've been going on adventures, and they they sit there and like as a player go, I'm I'm having trouble with this. I just my character really wouldn't care about this. Like he right. just he's true neutral. He doesn't care. And it's like, well, that's that's a problem. Like you need to fix that. Like it's not up to the DM to like fix that. It's not up to the group to fix that. Really, Clearly, neutral you're, characters you're, have emotions. You're controlling so. your character. Like, and if you're going to enter a campaign and you want to play a character that cares nothing about. And has no emotions, and like he sees evil or good happening in the world, and he doesn't have any kind of yeah, like you said, emotions. Like, where are you supposed to go with that kind of story? Like, what are you supposed to do with that? Like, yeah, that's a problem. Like, yeah. you need like it's okay to start off that way, in my opinion, but you need to like, you need to make choices. Well, you need you, to pick a side. And usually, as a DM, you're gonna put situations into a story to make or into a campaign to make a good story. That's going to People are either going to have to choose a side, I mean, to be evil or good, and usually you're going to put it in there if you're doing a good campaign, so people will do the right thing and do the good thing, or if you're in an evil campaign, they're going to do the evil thing, you know, that's just how it's going to be, and somebody that's neutral, if you're trying to do that as a DM, will more than likely, or at least should, have enough character development within them to have worked themselves up to that point where they're going to make that decision of... I'm going to do what's good because it's X amount of situations that have led me to this point in time, you know. Yeah. So I, uh, I definitely think that there is some character development that should happen um, within a story. And with, and with going along with that, like we gave our descriptions of what the neutralities um, are as far as what's been written about them and what people have said about them. However, I've also read a lot that have said when it comes right down to it, Unless we're talking about this, like, true neutral, druidic style of, like, thinking, um, where it's all about balance. Like, most neutral characters, and I'm talking about most, like, the mass majority of neutral characters should, when they, when it comes down to it, fall on the side of good more than evil. Right. Why? Because even in a selfish person's perspective, of course you want good to happen in the world more than evil... Because for you, good a good world, a safe world, is better than an evil ruled by a cat. Well, you're going to be enslaved. Yeah, nothing like to do, yeah. good, like the outcome of good is going to be better in the law, like for the most part, than than evil. Like unless it's like when it's a selfish, like looking at the rest of the world, like that's what a neutral character should fall more towards yeah. than than not. Like it really should happen that way. Yeah. Um, so, um, moving on to, um, one of our next, um, topics, and this was one, this is one of the things that I really, really have an issue with, and I've seen, um, this mentality, um, is there's a mentality with especially chaotic neutral, um, that it is the alignment of, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, whenever I want. Chaotic neutral, I feel like some people think chaotic neutral is the X alignment. The I don't have an alignment. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, and I love video games, but I think video games are to blame for this. <laughs> because... <laughs> the, the video game mentality yeah, coming through. like, Chris, you've played Skyrim. I I'm yeah, sure, I like, if, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to this, they've played d and I'm sure they like Skyrim. Like, Skyrim type mentality, like, in Skyrim... 
um, you can go on one quest and murder murder entire like family. And you turn around... Yeah, the Dark Brotherhood. People, yeah, you turn around and you talk to people, and there's no consequences. Except for that immediate, like, well, that family's not going to like you. Yeah. And if you get caught, you're going to have a bounty on your head. But, like, if you... I can just get, pay that off. Yeah, if you don't... And, yeah, you, you can just pay <laughs> it off. Like, there's no, like, consequence. But then you turn around and you, you do something really nice and you do something really good. And it's this X alignment, like, in video games. And I appreciate that, because, like, when I'm playing Skyrim... I want to do what I want to do in the moment. Yep. Like, yep. you know, I feel like being evil right now. Cool, you can be evil. That's fine. You know, I feel like being good right now. Cool, you can be good. Um, real people, however, don't live their lives like video games. Real people don't live their lives like they're playing Skyrim. And when you're playing D&D or any kind of role-playing, you should shoot and you should strive to play a real person. Yeah. Um, chaotic neutral is not the ex-alignment of I can do whatever I want whenever I want. They should still have... They should still have boundaries. They should still have a sense a sense of morals. Like, it can be you're totally selfish, but um, we had... We played um, in my campaign and the chaotic neutral uh, player in my campaign um, was locked in a jail cell, and he decided... He was... Like thinking about murdering a purpose, uh, uh, a purely innocent uh, his cellmate, his cellmate, like who was locked in there with him. He was he was deciding should I kill him? Should I not? It might help me. That's not neutral. That is like it, it especially shouldn't be as easy as this player was making it out to be to decide maybe I shouldn't. And he didn't in the end, but he didn't because everybody yeah. at the table was like. You're gonna kill him? Well, what like, are you talking well, like about? neutral like, characters, we said they're not evil. They're not good, so they're yeah. not gonna lean like this is gonna benefit me if I'm really evil right now to kill this person. They're still gonna like what like what we said with chaotic neutral. They don't use lethal damage in order to do stuff. They they do things like like they're menacing. They're intimidating. They they will con people. They don't kill people just to get their point across to get something done. Like they. They still have some sort of ethical code. If they're to if they're in the fight with somebody, like they then then they're gonna like kill. Oh yeah, like to, yeah. to defend themselves. But it's not like um, well, even this a good person's completely would, yeah. yeah. This person's completely innocent, um, but they've got a nice shiny object. I'm gonna murder them. No, that's evil. That's chaotic evil. That's yeah. not chaotic good. Um, and I feel like that to me is my biggest problem with what I've seen people playing chaotic neutral as. It as it's the Skyrim, it's the RPG video game mentality of I can do one up, like you said, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, because I'm chaotic neutral, and that's what it means. It doesn't. Um, yeah. But like, so it's like whatever I want, I'll do it. I'm chaotic neutral. <laughs> I think it was. I think my favorite thing about Skyrim was you could pause it, save it. And then see how far you could go out of the city and shoot yeah. somebody to see just so that you could make the shot. You know, <laughs> and, that was what I did yeah, all the time. And, and players need to realize too that uh, if you do that, if you do things like that in campaign, there's there's going to be consequences. I always love the look that I get from players who they like they they'll like kill somebody in a game and like in a game we're playing, and I as the DM like have like guards like come and they figure it out and they arrest them. It's always this look of like. Like, how dare you arrest yeah. me? It's like, you killed somebody! Yeah. You robbed that house bare! Like, you think that, like, 
Like, you do that in real life, you're going to get taken down. Like, you can't go to town to town and do this and just get away with it. Like, you might get away with it once or twice, but it's like... You, you fail that high this. check once yeah. after you rob a house. You keep doing this, like, of course you're going to get caught. Like, don't be an idiot. Like, it's, I don't know, the whole, like, video game mentality just drives me crazy. Yeah. I don't think people think that about it in that way. Like, oh, I'm playing with a video game mentality. They just think it's chaotic neutral. This is what I can do. Um, and I just say, if that's the mentality you want, just video game mentality, then go play 4E. Because that is pretty much the new game mentality. <laughs> like, if you don't want to role play correctly, uh, go play. 4E. If you can't tell, we don't really care for 4E. Um, uh, but you know, that's that's kind of. I don't know. You got anything thoughts about that? What I was just talking about the video game mentality. No, I think we pretty much covered it. There's um, no save feature in in D and D, so make sure you choose right. No, no red. <laughs> But, uh, so I think one of the last things we wanted to talk about was, um, now, in the actual description of specifically chaotic evil characters, uh, or not chaotic evil, sorry, chaotic Chaotic neutral neutral characters, keep wanting to say chaotic evil, um, (laughs) uh, but, uh, is that they are, to a degree, selfish people. Yeah. Um, now that's... That's, like, pretty much what is written down, that they are to be this kind of character. Um, we have our own opinion on that. So, let's talk about that for a second. So, Go ahead, start us off. Alright, so, chaotic neutral, um, I think that it's true. Like, chaotic neutral alignment should be, in a sense, self um, selfish and focused on, like getting more power, getting better options for yourself. Um, we think about examples that we've given. Um, Han Solo, like when we started out, he was very, very selfish. Like the only other person that he really cared about, I think, was Chewie. Yeah. Um, and who couldn't who, care Who couldn't Chewie's care about so. Chewie? He'll love you. He'll rip, he'll rip people's arms out of their socket for losing the uh, Star Wars chest that they had there or whatever. You got, you got, um, who are some other examples? Uh, Boba Fett. Totally. Boba Fett's all out for Are you sure? You changed your mind about him. No, he's he's totally chaotic. Uh, Peeves. We had Peeves, Peeves. the poltergeist. Peeves. He cares nothing about anybody else. Just, just himself and getting the lab. Um, Jack Sparrow. Like, Jack Sparrow, most of the time, when it comes down to it, is concerned about what can well, I do to better Jack he's the same as Han Sparrow. Solo. I mean, yeah. he starts out as completely chaotic neutral. Yeah, and then... so there's this, there's this truth behind chaotic neutral characters are selfish to a degree. Um, In philosophy, they're called Epicureans. Now, now I... Why, <laughs> why do people like chaotic neutral characters? And I think that this is a reason why people like chaotic neutral characters. Um, I th- like why would somebody pick to be a chaotic neutral character? Because when they're playing D and D, and they come across the loot, and their group is not in the room, they, as a player, can justify. Well, I can take it all for myself because I am a chaotic neutral character, so I am selfish, so I would take it all for myself. I'm just role playing my character, guys. Deal with it. Like, I've seen this conversation happen at tables. And, like, herein lies the problem. It's not... The problem is not that the chaotic neutral alignment is, in essence, at times, selfish. The chaotic neutral 
problem is that when it comes down to group mentality, having fun as a group, um, and a player picking chaotic neutral, um, that selfishness can affect the group in a bad way. Um, we, we've seen it happen where, like, we've had people, ste- like, stealing from other players because they wanted something. Yeah, um, you did that to me loot. one time. I did do that. That was, like, <laughs> that, was, that was my first time playing D&D. Yeah, it's I was true. totally there to troll you guys. Um, and then I fell in love with D&D. And... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, so it's, it's like, it's not group friendly. It's not, um, it's not a healthy we're going to be playing this campaign for a while mentality. Yeah. Because what happens? Like, what happens to that player? What happens to that character? Everybody starts to hate him. Everybody starts, yeah. And we've seen it happen. Like, it's it's unfortunately happening in campaigns that we're playing. And now, like, this, this chaotic, neutral, selfish character, the group's starting to go, why are we with this guy? Like, yeah. he's, he's not there for us. He's just there for himself. Like, why are we being with him? And I think that's a problem. Like, I mean, if that's... I feel like if you're getting together with your friends to play D&D, and you're... Like, do you really sit down to a table and you go, you know what I really want to do right now in D&D, like, for this campaign? I want to be hated by all of my friends. <laughs> like, if that's your goal, <laughs> goal accomplished. You better have like, good friends. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we've seen people play this, like, play this out to the point where... And we're not a couple of different char- times. Yeah, we're not talking characters. We're talking people at the table. Players have said, "Man, I don't like playing with that person because his the he plays his characters like jerks and he just steals from our group." And it's like you understand that. Like it's yeah. it's like yeah, I get it. Like they are playing really selfish and really jerky, and it's all about them. And it's like I think this is an aspect that a dungeon master. I think the best the best. Um, virtue that a dungeon master can have is being able to look at the rest of, like, the whole group. Not just one character, not just two characters, not just two players, but, like, look at, like, everybody and be like, okay, is that person having fun? Is that person having fun? And, like, being able to focus his energy on the whole group rather than just a couple people. Like, um, that to me is the best virtue in, in the best kind of dungeon masters. Like, and so, for me as a dungeon master, it's always frustrating when I see somebody making it really difficult for the other players to have fun because they're they're taking all the great loot that I put in. They're taking all the gold. They're taking the cool items. We've seen characters take items that their character can't even use, but they steal it and they bring it around and then they sell it, like because yeah, the other characters get them see it taken. Yeah, and it's. I don't know. Like hunters are known to do in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Shout out to World of Warcraft players. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't know. That just frustrates me as the DM when I see that happening. We've we've dealt with that in our group and we've pretty we've we've tried to our best ability and we still try to put put that kind of play down and not to encourage that. Yeah. Um and so I guess that's when we're talking about the problems with neutrality, these are these are our opinions, our humble opinions that we've developed from, from playing. Or if we're going to be chaotic years. neutral and push our own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our lofty opinion because we want to see the world burn in disorder. <laughs> but, like, we just, we want to put these out there so that you as DMs or even players as you're playing this, uh, you're in your campaigns, just, just think about these things, take them with a grain of salt. Like, these are what we've seen. 
Maybe you got maybe you guys out there play chaotic neutral campaigns and have the best time in your life. Um, You're the only one. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 I'm totally kidding. Of Forty players out there. Um, <laughs> totally kidding. But yeah, so uh, you know these are these are the things that we've thought about. Um, I'm pretty much done ranting, Chris. I'm Anything? good. I'm good. Okay. I think Let's, it's time for the light bulb. Light yeah. bulb. Let's light bulb. All right. All right. Light bulb. All right, light bulb moment. Here we go. Uh, so, in D&D campaigns, some of you probably know you get caught up for quite a while in doing your campaign, and they can run four, five, six, like we used to do back in the day, 12, 13, 14 hours. <laughs> I miss those days sometimes. Yeah, I do, and then I'm like, no, I don't miss them at all. Because um, you just get done, and you're like, I feel so dirty. I just, uh, like, literally because I haven't showered I've, in 14 hours. I've and, had moments where I'm like, I could go for that long. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. Oh, I know. I've noticed <laughs> like, that. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, so, what we're really talking about, light bulb moments. We like to do things because we realize that six hours is a long, stinking time to play D and D at a time. At one time, play, like we do, we 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 all have real jobs. Yep. We're all adults with real jobs, so um, we start around um, six ish now. But like sometimes we come, we haven't like eaten dinner or whatever, and we need to like some of us need to go and get like uh, dinner for a dinner break or whatever, or get a drink or something yeah. like that. And so we, gas need, we need to like, take breaks. Yep. Um, but sometimes not everybody needs to go do something, get food, whatever it is. And they just chill and relax. Um, for me, I'm hosting at my house all the time. So, um, unless I want to go splurge and get some B dubs or something, Buffalo wild wings, like I pretty much just chill here yep. while other people go out and eat. But like we said, not I prefer everybody, Wendy's. Yeah. Not everybody goes out and you prefer Wendy's over, Buffalo Wild Wings? No, I was just saying it's right next to your house, oh, so I just go gotcha. there real quick. All right. I was like, you're crazy. Um, but yeah, so like, we, we sometimes take breaks, and so our light bulb today is, we we think that a good thing to have for those breaks that may happen in your DMing campaigns, your Dungeons & Dragons campaigns, is to have some some short, um, fun games. 10 um, to 15 minute games, something yeah, like that. Yeah, on the side for... Um, when those breaks happen, when those breaks happen for the people who aren't taking breaks, uh, and we have we have some games that we like to play. Um, Chris, you mentioned, of course, Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Wasn't like, that the game that was um, created to break up D and D sessions? <laughs> now we um, <laughs> we play Magic a little bit different. My Magic games. What was the name? What was the guy's name? Richard Richard Garfield. Minutes, Is that the the guy that came up with it? Richard I Garfield. Know. I think that was the guy's name um, that came up with it. But we have some other games here that we really enjoy playing. Um, Bananagrams. Yeah. Bananagrams is a like lot of one. fun. Um, it's basically, basically a race of Scrabble. Like, you're playing Scrabble, but it's a race. Super fun. Recommend it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, we have, now there's variants of this, but what I own is I own Martian Dice. Um, and it's basically, you probably heard of a Zombie Dice. Um, there's Chupacabra Dice, which I would love to get, but it's just a dice game that's really simple. You roll the dice. Um, in merchandise, you see if you can abduct humans, um, cows, or chickens, and you try and avoid the tanks of the humans because you are the aliens trying to abduct these things. And you're trying to get the most, um, you're trying to get 25 total points uh, before anybody else can. It's just a really quick, really simple game. My favorite. We didn't play test this at all. We actually got this, what, 
two, you got this, like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, like, that's the thing. We, we didn't play yeah, test this literally, we didn't play test this at all. A completely ridiculous card game for two to ten fun-seeking people. Uh, and basically, it's just, you're dealt two cards, and yep. you draw a card every turn, and they just have weird, random you things can win? that... You can win on you the first turn. You can lose? <laughs> yeah, I literally won on the first game, Pretty first much turn against you. To describe this game, the rules are you can win, or you can lose. Um, and then, and yeah. then you do what the cards say. Yeah, they're ridiculous. There's it's... some that like, like there was the one that was like up is now down, like all of the words. So it's like if a card says you lose, you actually win. Yeah, and like it's so like it just it just reverses everything. There's it's... cards like one of my favorites was the uh, the one that we used against Caleb. That was the you were just given a present. Do you accept this present or not? Yes <laughs> or no. And one was if you said yes. It's a box of kittens. Everybody loves kittens. So you you win yes. the game. Or, no, you, said, you, you don't. If you said no, you lose. If you said no, you lose the game. But then and there's another one that's the exact same wording that you asked the card. But it had a venomous snake in it. So, so if you, you chose yes, yes you, lose you lose the game, the game because so you got hit by the snake. You could play... It's it's better played with a group of four to five or up people. Um, but it's... You look at this deck... You look at this card deck and you're like, man, this game's going to take forever. Because the cards... The only downfall of this game, in my opinion, is um, it takes everybody about two minutes to start the game because you're reading your cards and figuring out what they do. However, the game is super quick because, honestly, somebody could have a card in their hand that they play and they could win first turn, like, two seconds into the game. It's just, it's a ridiculous game. It's fun. The back says randomosity. There's one card uh, that says... Dinosaur, place in front of you. You have a dinosaur. Nobody else has a dinosaur. Dinosaurs are large. No other cards can be placed specifically in front of you by anyone. And there's another one that says, Kitten Ambush. Play anytime, which I don't think we've seen this card yet. It says, Kitten Ambush. Play anytime. Kittens pounce on whatever card was just played in front of you and any, on any card that was just played. Draw a new card when you play this. Or, on your turn, ambush the draw deck and steal three cards. It's a fun little fun little game. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's, it's a, a fun game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah. Um, Go and, then, quick. and then the last game that we own that we, we play is uh, Suro. Um, it's spelled T-S-U-R-O. And it's this like Japanese, your dragons. Looks really complicated. Yeah, it does. It looks like... This is the kind of game that if you're not into board games, you look at it and be like, I don't want to play this stupid game. It looks it's so easy to learn, it's though. It's the most easy, most direct game ever. It's just you need to like sit down and get it. Like Just listen and play. You're basically a dragon, and you're running down tunnels that you put down these tiles to make tunnels. And if you run off the board, you lose. Yep. And so there's only a certain amount of tiles um, for the board, and eventually there's only going to be one person, one dragon still left on the board. That person wins. Yep. Super easy, super fun. And your paths can intersect and stuff like that, and so you still have to follow the path all the way to the end at the end of every turn, so people can sabotage each other. I mean, you you always have to play a tile in front of you. You play defensively. It's just a lot of fun. It's a blast. It's a a really cool... um, I Like, my hat... Comes off to the person who made this game. Yeah. It's really simple, but it's it's, it's really just, simple, it's but it, really, it, really, it always it, it you can kind of use skill for this, but it's just another one of those games that's like everybody will have fun because everybody has the same chance of winning basically the whole time you play. Yep. It's so much fun. But then you know, then you can play if you don't if you don't want to go out and spend some money on these games. You got you can play of course like a card game like War. You can play Uno, something simple like, but. Like if you're lame, if you're, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, like the, you know, you having some quick 
like, we're going to play if there's a break games is always a good idea. And I think your players will appreciate it if you um, have those um, in case of breaks for yep, your games. they're a blast. So that's so, our light bulb. Light bulb. Light bulb. Light bulb. Well, that about wraps us up here at the uh, Dungeon Master's Block on this uh, wonderfully good episode, I would have to say. Uh, not a neutral episode, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, good good episode. Not evil, not neutral, but a good episode. Uh, so, thanks once again for listening to this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, where we talk about the most important person at the table, the DM. The only person capable of playing God. Killing characters. And lowering the egos of everyone else at the table. Woo woo! Sign out, everyone. Have See a good you guys night. later. Goodbye.